1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Honda Classic First Look. Research. We're going to try to run a model. We'll see if it's working because the stats as I'm recording this right now, because I'm doing it early, are not yet loaded into FantasyNational.com. At least the field is not, but I have the field in front of me anyway because it was just released when I'm recording this. Hopefully we can get it up by some point and I can run everything for you. If not, I will talk you through what you should be looking for as a first look and we'll get into it more throughout the week. Same schedule as always. Monday with Feinberg. Tuesday, DraftKings Picks. Live chat on Wednesday, but there is a special show coming out live on Sunday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, if you're watching this before that time. Myself, Tim Andacust, and Ben Raza are going to be live filling out our NCAA March Madness bracket. Uh, We... Dominated two years ago, the last time we did this, so I can only expect that it goes completely up in flames for this time around. But that's gonna be a fun show to jump into. Highly recommend everyone go check that out. It'll be up on the podcast feed after the fact because you can't stream podcasts live, at least through like iTunes and all of that fun stuff. Oh, fun giveaway though, because we are giving away two rounds of a hundred bucks on, or sorry, one round of 100 bucks on Monday show with Jeff Feimer. We do have two more $100 giveaways to present to people, but this one is still open. If you hit the description of this video or pod right now, you'll see Fantasy Baseball Picks or Bets. It's a new, going to be daily show during the baseball season for picks and bets. Uh, it's going to be very quick, like 10 to 15 minutes per day, uh, something you can get on your commute to work. As you're having a morning coffee, if you want to make some plays for that day, it's going to be up there. You don't even need to watch it, and you don't need to download. I mean, I would hope that you would download That would help out Mayo Media Network significantly. However, if you just go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts right now, include your Twitter handle or email address, you're in a draw for 100 bucks. Say something nice about the show, too. You don't even really have to listen to it or just say, hey, the picks are going to be great. There's already two shows out. Just comment something on that. It's great to see Gary in back. Anything like that. Works. let's just get those reviews into the system. That will help out tremendously. Thank you very much. And you have a chance to win 100 bucks. Why wouldn't you do that? If you've uh, noticed that I'm wearing this Fantasy National sweatshirt, you can now purchase some Fantasy National swag. If you go to FantasyNational.com right now, if you're already a member, you'll see the banner at the very top. Five different shades of hoodies. They're in limited demand. I believe it's only available in the United States at the moment. So for me and my Canadian brethren you know, we're shit out of luck on this one. But hopefully that will be coming soon. Uh, If you have not gotten a membership to FantasyNational.com right now, what you do is go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, get yourself... 20% off. The monthly membership will take you through the masters as of right now, but I believe the hoodies are 50 bucks each. If you get the annual membership using fantasynational.com/slash mayo with the discount, that will save you 50 bucks. So you get the annual membership, you save your 50 bucks, use your 50 bucks on the sweatshirt, you, friends, are looking sharp, and you'll have all the stats at your disposal. That's what I'll be using today to walk you through everything that's going on. There is no Pat Mayo experience DraftKings Listeners League this week. However, there is the DFS open charity league uh, that is replacing mine right now i was talking to bear off and i was talking to joe we all congregated together last year for the dfs open in florida during the honda classic week it was a fucking blast it was a great time um and you know we ended up hitting Jay last year so that made it even better feinberg and kenny kim were there i, I think feinberg was standing next to Mackenzie hughes's mom when he made that shank on 18 coming down the stretch and couldn't get it up and down in order to tie him so that was glorious news and probably the drunkest Kenny's ever been. We saw a video of it. It was just insane. And he was having himself a weekend. So hopefully we can get back on track, hit a winner there, because it doesn't look like it's, like it's going to happen for me at the Players' Championship. All I'm doing now is crossing my fingers that one of, or both of, see, whoo, Kim and Abraham answer can sneak inside the top eight. That's fine. And Andrew Cuss paid for my week anyway with his horrible picks that I parlayed to miss the cut. So uh, if we can get anyone inside the top eight, I'm going to be looking good at least. So uh, because DraftKings, as I mean, I'm sure you out there are kind of the same thing. I have one good team in the Millie Maker. Other than that, complete disaster. As I kind of mentioned going into the week that the players is a fucking shit show uh, and you should probably just not play it because of the just how random that people can eject from this tournament. But if you're still in the running, best of luck to you. If you got a winner out there, I'm rooting for Doug Gim at the top. Hopefully, I don't expect him to go close out with some of the names up there like Bryson uh, and Justin Thomas and even some of the chasers just with a lot of pedigree that Gim is kind of the odd man out in that. But hey, maybe he's got some young man swag. Adam Scott did it like 25 years ago. 20, yeah, 25, 27 years ago. Whatever the fuck it was. Uh, Adam Scott was able to do it as a young man. So maybe Doug Gim, the Gim Reaper, can go out and do it as well. But again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo. Get it checked out. You can hit the... New okay so the tournament this week it's a 5 max entry it's $20 and there's only 2000 spots half the money is going to the first tee this is how we're raising money for this charity event I already got my two entries and I'm going to take two in it this week try to leave some for everyone else but you can find that link in the description of this video right now those spots are going to fucking fly off the shelves it's still $2000 to first prize because it's a $20 entry fee but just know that you're donating to the first tee and that's awesome it's going to give people a chance to hit the course that may not have ever done it and that was the sponsor for the fs open since we all can't get together this year Uh, and it wasn't just a people who write about golf or podcast about golf it was all the viewers as well and joe and ryan put on such a tremendous event that we want to make sure this keeps going into the future so please let's go fill that tournament okay and then i think that mine will be back for the match play and we'll all be good to go let's jump into the honda classic this field is horrendous. It is a victim of, I don't think that people like going to play the hard courses on the PGA Tour, so that's kind of check one, and this new schedule just is horrible. At least before where it was the First of the Florida tournaments. Now WGC Mexico moving the week before it. Usually, kind of screwed over some of the very top names that just wouldn't end up coming to this event because they didn't want to play. They would generally choose to skip on to play Bay Hill, then play the players. That's at least the way that it was going in as of 2019, as of last season. But now that's the week after the players with the WGC, the week after. No one is here. The top of the field looks like this. There's four guys that are going to be the top four in betting odds in DraftKings pricing Daniel Hauserberger, defending champion, Sung J.M., Joaquin Neiman is up there, and Adam Scott. Those are going to be your four favorites for the Honda Classic. Now, there's a couple of exemptions from the European Tour that, you know, kind of bolster the field a little bit. I saw Rasmus Hogard got an invitation very late into this. I'm not sure whether he's playing or not yet, whether he's accepted it, but he could be in the field. We love Hogard on the Pat Mayo experience, but Matt Wallace, Lucas Ibale, Martin Keimer, Party Marty 2.0, Rio Ishikawa, then you got like Chase Kepka in the field. Brooks Kepka was going to play, but obviously he's hurt, so now we get Chase Kepka instead. And then the middle tier is the kind of run-of-the-mill who you would expect. Like Burns and Cam Davis, two guys have been playing pretty well throughout the first part of 2021 there in the field. Then you got like Rafa, Lowry, Poulter, Ricky, Woodland. It's kind of the same guys that show up every year. Henley, he's won this event before. He's in the field. Chris Kirk, Luke, List, Phil. Killa Keith, uh, he won in 2018. Brennan Steele tends to make some nice runs. Alex Noren. Shez Revi is one to watch, actually. He lost six strokes putting in two rounds of the players. And I believe was top five in ball striking through two rounds, so... Maybe he's, I don't know if the putting's ever going to come back, mind you, but at least the ball striking is starting to look good. And where this isn't a daunting course, now it does benefit a lot of the guys who can drive it far because of these two par fives where you've got to be making up your scoring, but the ball striking is going to be that... Good for Reavy. He's still going to fly in under the radar because he had a bad players, but it wasn't as bad as it may have seemed based on the result. The underlying stats actually looked a lot better for him. He just couldn't make a two foot putt all week. Now, a lot like Sergio, but Sergio has been making something from like 30 half the time too. So it evens itself out. Harmon. Stenson, Brennan uh, Steele, like I mentioned. Uh, Eric Van Royen in a place with a lot of water. That should go well. Cameron Tringali, Lee Westwood. Uh, we'll see. I mean, if Westwood pulls out the players, maybe he skips this one. Danny Willett and Brandon, whoo, is playing. Last time we saw him was at the Puerto Rico Open. He was in contention to win that. So I'm curious to see where he ends up. On the betting board, because if it's anything beyond 50 to 1, the guy's playing some good golf. So why not? Because this field is not good. Fuck, Luke List is going to be like 40 to 1 this week. Ugh, he's probably going to win too. Uh, ugh. Anyway, let's jump over to the course. PGA National, one of the most difficult on the PGA Tour. Um, we'll switch over to, you can see PGA National is loaded up right there. It's par 70, 70, 140 yards, Bermuda grass greens, annually one of the hardest courses on the PGA Tour, like I mentioned. Sungjae won last year at minus six. The year before that, it was Keith Mitchell at minus nine over Ricky and Brooks. Justin Thomas at minus 8. Fowler at minus 12. Adam Scott at minus 9. That was a part of his back-to-back between here and Doral. Patty Harrington beat Daniel Berger in a playoff in 2015. He's minus 6. Henley, minus 8. Michael Thompson, minus 9. Rory McIlroy, minus 12. uh, Won a four-man playoff that year. I think Ryan Palmer, Russell Henley, and someone else was in that one. My mind doesn't work all that well, so we we need to kind of quell that one. Strokes gained approach par fours gained the two big ones. Total driving gain which I split as a stat into 70% driving distance, 30% driving accuracy and then opportunities gained for this event. There actually is an advantage to starting on 1 if you're playing DraftKings Showdown this week. As you can see holes 10, uh 11, I sorry, uh, starting on the back nine, mind you. Uh holes 10 and 11 are two of the three hardest on the course, but if you end up doing the wraparound, 18th is the second easiest, and then you can see holes one, two, three, and four. Sixteenth easiest, tenth easiest, 18th easiest, 13th easiest. So you get this four-hole like leeway stretch. Uh, where you can build a a birdie streak potentially, and everyone, regardless of what side that you go onto, is going to have that advantage. However, uh, if you play the back nine first, you get number 18 to potentially get a look-ahead birdie to get some of that runway up. So you could birdie 17 and then par number one and still have the potential, or you could go 18-1-2 and create a birdie streak that way. That's, you know, like an extra 2% kind of thing. But if that's a differentiator, it's almost like playing wave stacks. And this is a course where win can most definitely pop up and really affect the tournament that any little slight advantage that you can give yourself on DraftKings, especially in Showdown, is what you want to do. Let's sort this to top five finishers. As you can see, strokes gained approach way above strokes gained off the tee, about a half stroke per round, uh, 1.23 strokes per round amongst the top five finishers and strokes gained approach. And then strokes gained putting, you're going to have to putt just like every single week. You can't be the worst putter out there. Par threes are super difficult at this course. I would weight par threes decently, but if we just take a look at it, they're all between 150 and 190 yards, which is shocking, the fact that they play so, so difficult. It's really holes 17 and 15, that the ones in the bear trap that give you the most problems. 15 uh, is like super diabolical when it comes down to it. But if you're just striking your mid irons well uh, all week, you should be good to go uh, as it pertains to that. You can make doubles are worse there, and that's really why they end up playing so hard. Just don't hit it in the water, and you should be fine. There's nothing really to account for that. Good approach play will help for that, but nothing really more. If we look at the whole composition, you're going to see six par fours from 400 to 450 yards, uh, nothing more than three of any of the other ranges. If you wanted to wait 175 to 200 par threes, three of them do fall into that range. So maybe you can take just take a look at proximity from 175 to 200, because when we go over to the average shot distribution, uh, you'll see that a plurality of the strokes actually does come from the 175 to 200 range at 25.6% of approach shots are from that tier, and then 20.3% from 150 to 175. So those are your really key proximity ranges this week. The cut line, uh, it's going to be brutal, and your guys can rally here. So if someone shoots six over in round one, uh, even like a three under day the next day can get you back to the cut line, plus four a year ago, plus three the year before that, plus six. Then it was plus one, plus four, plus five, plus one, plus one. So depending on the wind and the weather, I haven't quite looked at it yet. I'll Dig into more of that for both the column and in the shows leading up to the actual event. Driving accuracy a little bit lower here. Uh, The issue at this course is if you're not driving it accurately, you might be in the water. So that's not good. Greens regulation percentage well under the average tour event. Ditto with scrambling because once again, it's hard to scramble your way out of putting it into the water. I really like these Florida courses, and it's too bad. This is the last time we're going to see Florida until the end of April when the Valspar's new spot on the schedule. Appears Uh, Just all of these, just because there's so much randomness to these Florida tournaments, it makes it really, really exciting. Three putts lower than normal, average driving distance almost 10 full, over 10 full yards lower because of the forced layups. That's why I put in the uh, accuracy and weighted distance a little bit more. because as we've seen over time, some of the bombers that do really well here are the ones that club down. I actually would have expected if Bryson was in the field that he would have been really good at this course because we're seeing it with him at the Players' Championship like he has the potential to really bomb it out there as we saw last week at api but he is so smart in his approach like it's one thing that you can hit the ball 350 yards it's another thing to know when to try to hit the ball 350 yards he's just not doing it he's not taking the bait of sawgrass so far at the 2021 players championship he is hitting the layups he needs to hit to getting himself into the right range and take those big numbers out of play he's just not making them and when it comes to strategic golf after Tiger, like Bryson has to be considered up there as someone who really tailors his strategy. Like he goes into the week regardless of how he's playing, being like, this is how, this is the optimal way that I'm going to play a course. And it's really providing a lot of dividends for him at the moment. Uh, birdies are better. Oh, there's a new one up here. Moose, just checking stuff up. Distance of birdies are better putts made. As you can see, 42% of them come from inside five feet. Another 26.2% from five to 10 feet. At this course, there's actually more from outside 25 feet made than 20 to 25 feet made. Maybe that's just a small sample. Uh, but once you get outside of 15 feet, it's very difficult, as it is at most courses, obviously, to convert your birdies or better. Um, and the average proximity to the hole, a little bit shorter than it is at an average tour event. Uh, that's the average greens in regulation for that stat. And look at that. Moose on top of things, on the ball, as I'm recording this on a Saturday, that he has the field loaded in. So we're good to go. Let's, we just have it loaded up. Last 50 rounds, strokes gained total. Let's just see who's doing well right now. Berger, Henley, Tringali, Neiman Burns, one, two, three, four, five. Sung Jay, the Gim Reaper. Didn't even realize he was in the field. Chris Kirk, Cameron Davis, and Matt Jones are your top 10 uh, in terms of overall strokes gain. Strokes gain, ball striking, which we're going to put more of an emphasis on this week. Keegan Henley Burns Neiman Davis. Norlander, bad two weeks in a row for Norlander. Berger M. Matthew Nee, Smith. Ryan Moore, Luke List, and Chez Reevey. Doc Redmond's actually still up there too, but let's shrink that down and get more of a recent sample. Let's look at the past 24 rounds and see if that changes anything. For us, just try to filter out the stats of so ball striking wise, you got Keegan Neesmith, Norlander, Cam Davis, Joaquin Neiman. This seems like it would be a decent course for Joaquin Neiman. If he can keep like he's a longer hitter who hits the ball straight, he's gonna hit a lot of fairways. And if he can start making his putts, uh, this and he tends to play hard courses really well, especially if the wind is up. So my early lean is most definitely Joaquin. And once you get past like the big four to start this week, it's gonna be like really dicey trying to find some sleepers. So let's dig into the model and see if that spits us out anything. PGA National worked last year. What do I have in here? 30% strokes gained approach, 10% ball striking. Opportunities gained five. Driving distance, five. Fairways gained five. So that's a complete split between accuracy and driving distance par fours at 20 percent par fives at 10 percent proximity 175 to 200 five percent proximity from beyond 200 yards five percent that's in place of eagles gain and bogey avoidance at five percent we had to put a hard limiter on the amount of stats that you can enter into your model as we were getting very bad lag time and the site crashed on wednesday evening albeit briefly but it did crash because i moose told me there was around 20 people who load in every stat from the site into a model and then run it multiple times Uh, and that just basically corrupted the entire site so you have now have a max of 15 stats Uh, hopefully that is going to be good enough for you but uh, if it isn't uh, maybe you can talk to moose and he can figure out a way for you to upload your own custom stats or something like that but we can't bruise the integrity of the site uh, when looking for it. it's probably people running regression models and trying to figure out where everything pops up so the rankings over the past 24 rounds by this modeling burger tringali sam burns cameron davis norlander keegan Furick, neiman wes Bryan, and chris kirk i would expect to see chris kirk continuously move up and up and up and up in this after the players because he's ball striking the shit out of everything and not making a putt whatsoever and he's still near the top of the leaderboard henley neesmith matt jones gim more steel i kind of like steel i'm gonna write down steel's name he was in the mix last year through a few rounds there are a few correlated courses that we see just similar leaderboards and especially because this is a weaker field that actually matches pretty well with some of the places that you would want to look at you have Wyndham, you have honda you have honda this is the honda um Valspar, just another Florida course that you can look to that's a bit on the harder, shorter side of things. Heritage, Mayakoba is another one. But the Sony Open is most definitely uh, the biggest one that we've had over time. Just looking at the crossover leaderboards, you've had... Russell Henley, Mark Wilson, Ernie Ells, and Justin Thomas all winning at both courses. As I mentioned, Colonial CC is another one of guys in the field. Kirk, Neiman, Steele, second, second, fourth. They're all in the field this week. Berger came seventh at that event. Russell Henley was number 11. Matt Jones is another one. Nick Taylor should be in the field. Killer Keith Mitchell, a winner, obviously, at PGA National. Tends to play well over and over at the sony open as well kh lee uh is actually someone i shall be giving some look to next week anyway if he's especially if he's like 100 to 1 or beyond he's having a decent players championship but he ended up making the cut he was very much in the running here a few years ago i believe that was the year that keith mitchell won if i'm not mistaken Let's just click on keith mitchell and go over to that honda leaderboard from that year that he ended up winning all to sort by his wins that should make it easy H Lee was seventh. Yeah, he was in the mix and then he ended up dumping it into the he either went into the water or he had this weird chip from like really close to the water. and It just did not work out for him whatsoever. So uh, he's someone to keep an eye on this week, too. Uh, So just fairly easy trying to pick it out where you're going to have to go and really pick your poison at the top end. It's probably a Stars and Scrubs week. It's all going to depend on the DraftKings pricing, obviously, but you probably want to take your one or two guys from the top and then try to figure it out from there, whatever sleepers you end up liking. So KH Lee, Brennan Steele, although Brennan Steele might be like 8200 bucks on DraftKings this week just based on the field strength. This is the other one I wanted to look at because I wrote up uh, for Royal Burkdale in 2017 just guys that have played well at the Honda Classic over time. And we'll see if there's anyone in the field who kind of crops up here. I guess Chan Kim's not playing, so that's going to be problematic. Poulter, Duffner, they're both in the field. Wish Charlie Hoffman was playing. like He would actually rate out really well for here. Ricky Fowler, um, I don't know where the state of Ricky's game at the moment, so that's going to be really difficult whether you lean on the course history with him or not. Martin Keimer is someone who should theoretically play well, but I actually have no conception of how he is playing at the moment. Uh, so really, we'll just take a quick look at who the best player from 175 to 200 is. It's Straka, Keimer, Hoagie. I cannot remember the last time that Keimer played. PGA Championship, I want to say. U.S. Open PGA Championship in Wyndham, Miscut Miscut. He had played in the Stableford the week before that. Then we hadn't, yeah, so he played the Wyndham in 2019. So both of the events that we had from 2020 for him are both majors, and that was it. So hard to really take away much from him perez michael thompson gary woodland maybe woodland how was woodland how did woodland do i'll switch back over to the players and just kind of see how some of these guys were doing actually i don't want to look at the weekend i want to look at the entire field because a lot of these guys missed the cut uh when we take a look at the in-tournament stats from the players see if anyone just kind of leaps off the page to us who missed the cut from this event let's see gracie's not playing Start by ball. Let's just look at ball strikers who struck the ball really well. The deck he's not playing was Danny Lee in the field. Let's click back over to find out if Danny Lee is playing or not. Danny Lee, a hardcore specialist once every six times. He just tends to crop himself up every now and then. Who else was decent in the ball-striking department? Henley you know, was a bit on the positive, although the approach was, no, was on putting. He was horrible, actually, on his approach shots. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton not playing. So Danny Lee, Kevin Streelman, I believe he was on that list of guys playing. So Streelman could be a look here. I'm not sure how he's ever actually ever done at the Honda, but he rates out 17th in the model coming in. And yes, he is playing, had a decent ball-striking week, couldn't putt. And at the Honda over the years... He's missed one cut in the past five years, but no finishes to write home about nothing better than T41 over that time. But a lot of it seems to be due with putting minus 3.1, minus two, minus 2.9, minus 5.1. So he's never really been able to roll it all that well at PGA National. Who else? So Lee, Streelman, Molinari, great ball striking week. Couldn't chip whatsoever or putt, but he's no longer in the field. We're not getting a Leishman. Good ball striking week for him. We should have got Byrne not getting him. No Fleetwood. Tringali is playing. Tringali was sunk by a bad putter. That's why he missed the cut. Woodland's ball striking like, was off the charts good. He also couldn't chip or putt. So Woodland's going to go on a short list, but that's going to be very value dependent. Will the books give him credit for being someone who tried to chase down Ricky one year and just based on the name value in a field full of nobodies uh, could be something to kind of let their has Maybe 5.4 strokes game ball striking minus 6.1 on the greens. Was he playing? He was playing. So he's in there. How's Shez? old Shez right out. So I think Shez is going to be one of my guys next week. So based on the stats, he's going to be popular either way. I probably don't mind that all that much in a field like this. Bo Hogg, Tom Lewis, Joel Damon, really nice ball striking week. Minus 5.2 strokes on the greens. Is Damon playing? He is not in the field. So we don't need to be too concerned about him. Anyone else from down here? Seb Straka, who actually rated out the best in that key range, and was the first-round leader at Valspar as well. Uh, in the past I, we hit him as first round leader uh two three years ago at that event This has been a good first round leader event for me hit him and herman uh in a few spots so maybe go back to straka he's kind of been all over the place obviously back-to-back cuts so far in florida it's been the putting and the around the green that has really sunk him and frankly that doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon but he was t27 at the honda a year ago great t to green well, actually, he was just great off the tee, lagged on approaches. And that's not really what happens with him. It has somewhat recently, but you see some of these spike performances, really good irons at the Sony, really good irons at the API. RSM is probably another one that you can lump into this boat, a short Bermuda course, four strokes gained in three rounds at the plantation course, or this, no, at the seaside course. So when his irons are going well, they tend to go really well. When they're going bad, they tend to go really bad. I mean, he's an absolute dart throw. But once again, if I sort by that 75 to 200 range, he is the number one player uh, in the past 24 rounds from there. So another guy to Straka. So Steel, Straka, KH Lee, just thinking about guys down the board that we could potentially go to in this situation. Now we get into the fun part of the show where I review my DraftKings lineup for the week at the Players' Championship, and it is... I mean, I'm embarrassed most of these weeks. So I'm now minus twelve hundred dollars as I am going through this. Fun times. Don't tell my wife. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for supporting, liking, and watching the show because those likes will eventually translate into advertising dollars. So I don't go completely broke for this show doing it. But uh, I only entered the hundred dollar because you know, the players is a crapshoot. I actually didn't invest all that much money this week. I'm in for like four hundred bucks, and I think I'm getting back like one twenty-five at the moment. That's like my best players championship on DraftKings ever. So my strategy. This this week was to generate 20 lineups and then close my eyes and pick one. Turns out I picked my worst lineup to play. It's it, it would be hard to try to construct a lineup this bad. So here's what we're looking at. Xander, who I almost never play in anything like this. Uh, I probably should have played Rom. Uh, missed the cut. Hatton missed the cut. Henley missed the cut. Grace missed the cut. Kevin Na withdrew. fun times, Morikawa, he made the cut, he's in like last place of everyone who made the cut, so it, it, shockingly enough, I'm not in last place in this tournament, I'm in third to last place in the $100.444, so, you know, if you're not going to make the money, what's it really matter how many of your guys missed the cut or not, but uh, I really wish I had played my 6 of 6 lineup in this one, I wonder how that would be doing i believe right now that is scoring uh i'd be th- it's at 375 so i would be right here so i'd be in 10th place if i had played my one good lineup that is in it right now i'd be winning 500 bucks so shame on me for not choosing correctly that's a pretty good looking lineup what's the winning lineup look like right now through three rounds rom thomas sergio lanto ryan palmer and bezadenhout good lineup good luck too wolfdog 23 go take this home uh, but yeah, so it's a rather disappointing week for me. Hope to get back on the horse. Uh, did well at Honda last year. Hope to do well again. Try to find a winner, and hopefully some of these guys from the field of 144 at the Honda Classic can actually end up playing the weekend. At least my guy posted, and Lashley ended up making through. It's funny because I picked a lineup that had none of like the top end guys that I really wanted to use. Like the fact that Answer's not in it is kind of devastating to me because he is my most owned player of the week, um, and he's a mid range guy, and he's not in the one lineup that I played that was. More More than 20 bucks, so stupid for me, but I thought I would play the strategy of playing just blind roulette when it came down to it, but here we are. Let's try to guess some odds uh, for this crappy event before we get on out of here. Like I mentioned, I'm gonna try to guess the big four. What are these guys gonna come in at? You got Berger, Sungjae, Neiman, and Scott. I'm gonna say Im is the betting favorite at 12 to one. Berger will be a co-favorite at 12 to one. Neiman will be... 16-1, to and so will Adam Scott. I don't like those odds. I really hope that's not what it is. I hope they make everyone... I hope there's, like, the Puerto Rico Open, and it's like, everyone's 25-1 to in order to win. You're going to see, like, Sam Burns be... He shouldn't be... Maybe he should be. I don't know, because he's played this course well over time. But he's just been bad the past two weeks, so maybe we get a bit of a break. We get, like, a 30 on him. I'd probably end up betting that, because this was the one... I, I looked at my article from last year. I actually gave up Sam Burns as a play last year, and he's in... Much better form minus the last two weeks than any other point of his career. So this is a nice course for him. And other than that, I'm gonna be looking at Woodland, Lee, Steele, and someone named who I scribbled. that I'm Streelman. I'm gonna make that more legible for me. Str Realman. The real deal man of Streel. And see what those guys' odds come in at. Tringali is another one. Kirk that you can potentially give a look at if their odds are right. I'm just not counting on them to be having good odds whatsoever Matt Jones and Henley could be two others that the price would have to be right on for them and I'm not talking 45 to 1 or even 50 to 1 like I want those guys in like the 80 to 100 range if I'm going to even think about it could be a week to play like five long shots maybe take on someone live hope to get two of the guys in the mix maybe you can hedge against them then you feel good about reinvesting and try to cobble out a winner that way I don't know we'll assess it once the odds come out on Monday morning from DraftKings Sportsbook anyway smash the like before you get out of here fantasynational.com slash mayo for a discount at fantasynational.com we got merch you can find that on the site right now it's in limited supply so go get yours right now in the dfs open charity league doubling as the pat mayo experience listeners league this week 20 bucks to play five max entry go fill this up just play two entries it's going to fill super fast uh so leave some entries to other people half the money in the prize pool goes to the first tee so it's a good cause rate and review the fancy baseball show to get in the hundred dollar draw and rate and review this show because it's fun to do that it helps me out all right thank you all for watching i'll see you next time